Welcome in to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are raising the standard on what it means to be a man of God. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. Men, thank you for tuning in to today's show. We're talking about three principles, three leadership principles that I believe you find from Joshua chapter 1. You would be hard-pressed to find a men's ministry or going to a Christian bookstore and going to the men's section and find a a book, a resource, or a study that doesn't uh, just kind of get a little more manlier when it talks about the book of Joshua. It has everything a man wants in a book or movie for that matter. You'd find uh, God reminding Joshua to be strong and courageous repeatedly. We love this phrase. It has that pregame locker room pep talk feel. There are battles and conquests. There are wars and spies, strategies and weapons. We as men like the book of Joshua. As much as we enjoy the book and we can think of it through the brave heart lens, there is a ton of leadership principles that we can pull out of that book. But like all other principles, commandments, and teachings in the Word of God, if we apply them, we will be better off. If we don't, we will end up like AI. If you don't know what AI is, keep reading the book of Joshua. On today's podcast, I'm going to take a look at what I believe are three critically important leadership principles that you find in Joshua. The tension with leadership is once you believe you are a leader or a gifted leader, you can actually begin to hurt your leadership growth if you don't apply these three principles. If you don't believe me, just Google mega church pastor and then see what comes after that. Words like resigns, gets fired, uh, moral failure, burns out, etc. It's happening and it's happening. This podcast is not meant for us to find tools and to attack our boss or leaders. What it's meant to do is for us to individually... Take a look at ourselves and say, what can I do better as a leader? I believe every man is called to lead in some capacity of their life. Now, context. Just because you're in an environment that seems successful does not mean that you have strong leadership. Sometimes God blesses things, read the Bible, and then eventually uses those environments to teach us, to teach uh, people around us about himself. Just because you are in an environment that doesn't seem like it's successful uh, or is competing with other environments, does it, that does not automatically equate itself to saying there must be a lack of leadership here. If you want to know about leadership, you need to find out who the leaders are, ask them questions, find out how they empower their teams and how they apply the three principles we're going to talk about today. Now, I want you to know as well, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, the content here that we're going to talk about in just a moment is a live recording uh, on our Facebook page. We do this every once in a while. This is recorded on a Monday night. Uh, We do it live. That way there's some interaction stuff. Um, So what you're going to hear is me talking or recording this podcast, but also doing it in front of what is a, a live audience, guys interacting and liking and commenting, things of that nature. I would love to invite you to check out our Facebook page. It's just at Pursue Mailiness. Of course, Twitter and Instagram are also at Pursue Mailiness. If you go to iTunes, search The Pursuit of Mailiness. You can find this podcast and all the other podcast interviews, etc. You click subscribe. You never miss one. Uh, if you leave a five-star review, man, that would be 
awesome. And of course, um, if you're looking to connect with some other guys, to, you know, foster the community uh, to get stronger, to raise that standard of what it means to be a man of God, to build better men, man, check out our, our closed Facebook group. It's facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash pursuit of manliness. That's kind of the fad right now. That's the end thing. Everyone seems to have a closed group uh, that for something, um, some kind of environment, community, that's that's kind of the, the growing trend. So we thought we would do it. And it's been a really, really great thing. We have about 2,300 men in there. Um, almost all of them, if not 80, you know, 75, 80% of them were invited by somebody else. Somebody else in that group um, saw value, saw the, the content, saw the community that was being fostered and forged and invited other people there. We don't allow guys to post spam. We don't allow guys to post garbage or, or even try to manipulate stuff. So I really... Uh, like what's happening there. Again, if you're looking for that, love to have you jump in there. Um, click join. We'd add you and uh, want to bring you in on that and help us build better men together. So guys, enough of that introduction. Uh, it is time to get into today's show. Let me start with this. Next to um, just about any other book in the Bible, I believe the book of Joshua is like a man's man type of book, right? Like we all love Joshua chapter one, be strong and courageous. We, we love that. Men love this book. We love Nehemiah. Um, we love John. We love, um, you know, there's just different books that men gravitate towards. And so, uh, certainly, uh, Certainly, this is one of them. Joshua is one of those books. It has everything that we want in it. It has war. It has spies, uh, battles, and conquest. It has a it has a change in leadership. Okay, Moses is gone now. Joshua is going to lead. It has strategy and weapons. Who doesn't like a weapon? Amen. Okay. Uh, as much as I think I look at Joshua through the Braveheart lens, right? Like he's about ready to go in and conquer, but there are a ton of leadership principles found in Joshua. I believe our country, if not our world, is faced with a leadership dilemma right now. I feel like we have a leadership gap in our in our world, uh, but specifically in our country. And whatever side of the fence you fall on, if you are left or right, um, what is it, a donkey or a, an elephant, whatever team you play on, we're lacking leadership, good, moral, spiritual leadership on both sides of the fence, man. And so we are in a we have a leadership gap. We are struggling for that. And as men, we need to rise up, raise that standard and say, I will be that guy for my house. I'll be that guy for my church. I'll be that guy for my work environment. We need to do that. And so tonight, we're going to look at three important leadership principles found in Joshua. The tension is when you are a leader, or you believe you're a gifted leader, someone has affirmed that leadership in, in you, the danger can be to not apply these three principles. Like I've had seasons like that where I think nothing can go wrong, right? And I tend to neglect these things in those seasons where I'm doing everything right. And then there's seasons where I feel like nothing is going right. And then I neglect these principles because I feel like, you know, they're, they're useless. I need more answers. I need more leaders. I need more. Um, and so what I, reason why I think this is important is because I believe, especially in the Christian world, if you just Google like mega church pastor, it's not good 
megachurch pastor resigns because of moral failure, because of um, the board voted him out, because of you know abusiveness in this area. You know, um, small church pastors have the same problem. Theirs is usually um, a lack of relationships, or maybe they just eat themselves to death, or whatever. We can tend to isolate ourselves when things are good or bad. We need to, as leaders, take that responsibility seriously. So we're going to start tonight. Just Joshua 1. I'm not going to preach at you. I'm not going to read all the text, but I want to read some of it. God has appointed Joshua to be the leader for the Israelites after Moses has died. You want to talk about a transition plan that would have been really challenging. Moses. You're going to follow Moses' leadership. Like, I don't know what kind of notes Joshua took, but he's going to follow Moses. And remember, you're waiting on the generation that was sinful, that didn't trust God. You're waiting on them to die before what? Before you get to enter into the promised land. Remember, it was Joshua and Caleb, but right now it's just Joshua. That can be a lonely place to be. And so the uh, Joshua 1 says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, go down to verse 3, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. We talked about this in tribe recently, but that there's a lot of pressure there. Wherever your foot goes, Joshua, wherever you leave your footprint, I have given that to you. Verse 6 said, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Remember that generation that's about to die. The next generation, all their daddies are gone. They're going to go in and inherit this land. So here's the first, here's the first principle we have to get if you are a leader. And men, you are a leader. The first principle is this. A leader must act. A leader must act. You can't be a passive leader. You can't be an apathetic leader. I mean, you can, but you won't be in leadership long or you won't really be leading. You're just more existing. A passive leader is not a leader. A leader must know when to act and how. Now, I'm not saying that a leader has to go in and just steamroll everybody and say, I'm acting, right? No, that's chaos. Nobody wants to be around the Tasmanian devil. You want to lead in an appropriate manner, but a, le- a leader must know how to act. You will be making decisions. You can't always wait for majority rule. You will be leading and you will make decisions and you have to trust that the Holy Spirit has led you to make the appropriate decisions in the appropriate time, whatever the outcome might be, because your leadership has influenced that. A leader must act. Now, what does this act look like? God tells Joshua, get up and get moving. Get your footprint all over this place. God was going to use Joshua to bless the nation of Israel. We have to do the same thing. We walk our house. You walk your church. You walk your office. You walk your school, wherever you're at. And you're saying, God, wherever my feet tread, I'm expecting you to bless this place. I've shared before, I'll go into my kids' bedrooms or the doorframe of their bedrooms and I pray over them, their future spouse, and their future in-laws. And then as I'm getting ready, I pray over like my bedroom and I pray over the entire house. And on Sundays, I get with men and we walk through different parts of the church and we pray that God would do an incredible work in and through that church. As men, we must be men of prayer, asking God and anticipating 
that he's going to do great things. But the key to that act of that praying and doing that is communication. A leader must act. And part of that acting, part of that action is communication. You must learn to communicate. Have you ever, have you ever been on a team where the communication was lacking? Like, have you ever been a part of a group or a a team or an environment where you thought, I know we're supposed to be doing something. I feel like something more is required of us. I know there's a big thing coming down the hill that we should be acting on. We need to, boy, when there's poor communication, we struggle. Have you been a part of that? Have you guys ever experienced a situation where you say, man, that season did not need to be that hard if we would have just communicated it's it's tough. Like I've been on a team before where we went the entire a, a t- an entire year and did not meet. Like didn't have a meeting, not not like a one-on-one meeting, not like a group chat. We did not have a meeting. You want to talk about dissension and divisiveness and 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 I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I would say from my point of view, that's that's not a team I want to be a part of. That's poor leadership if you can't communicate to people, whether you don't like them, so you don't want to communicate to them, or you just don't feel like you owe them anything. Either way, that's poor leadership. And so Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp, command the people, prepare your provisions. Drop down, it says, but all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers, and you shall help them. You know what it means when it says they were armed? They were armed. So all you guys who are anti-whatever, they were armed, okay? They had weapons in their hands to protect themselves. But the key here is communication. Part of that acting as a leader is communication. It is the key to everything. Where there is poor communication, blame will always begin to be shifted. The leader will blame the team. That's why I'm not meeting with them. The leader will blame the team that they didn't fall through. The leader will blame. Have you ever received the blame for something because someone above you did not communicate the appropriate things to you? Man, that's a tough spot to be in. Like it's hard to follow a leader like that. Amen. Like, like you're like, dude, you, you should have, you should have told me, you should have told me something, man. So, uh, number two, a leader prepares his people. If you lead people, as you just see with Joshua there, we have a responsibility to prepare them. One of Joshua's responsibilities was to get the people of Israel ready and prepared to go. Like, look, this, this is going to be tough. You're going to take possession of a land. Did you have a hard day at work today? Like, I just got done with a day that I'm like, I'm done. Like, I, I, I'm done with this day. I had uh, some videos I made. I recorded a podcast for our church. I've been working on audio visual stuff for, you know, two days straight. Um, I had a small group leader meeting tonight. Just stuff that's not going the way I want it to go. And you just kind of get, you think you have a bad day? Joshua was leading the nation of Israel into the promised land. That wasn't a vacation destination. Like, there were people living there. So they had to go in and destroy them. Like, you think you have a challenging day. Josh was telling the people, look, we're going to go in there. Great. I can't wait to move in. Well, before you move in, what you need to know is people already live there and God wants us to take them out. That was going to be really challenging, right? And again, it's important to know if you are to equip your people, you have to give them the appropriate tools, 
sometimes getting them the appropriate tools is asking them better questions. Like, how do we accomplish better? How do we accomplish more? Uh, again, he says that they were to pass over armed. He says, you're going to need a weapon. If you're going to destroy this place, you're going to kill these people, you're going to need a sword, right? Jesus said, when you go, get a sword. Like he's, he's, Jesus was a concealed carry guy, right? Like you go and you go prepared and you have what you need, right? A leader needs to make sure that his team has what they need. That's going to require questions. Uh, you can't assume that they already have what they need. They might be concerned that, you know, I need this thing, but it's really expensive and I don't know if we have the money. You need to know that. One of the best leaders I ever worked with in Southern Indiana, he would ask this question. He said, Hey, if you could have your Cadillac version, if you could have your Cadillac version of this ministry, staffing, whatever, what would it be? And he always knew what our grandest picture of our ministry was because he kept asking those questions. And at times it's hard to come up with those answers. I, I don't know, but if, if you had them on the forefront of your mind, like I'm ready to hire that person, I'm ready to buy that thing, you have to keep knowing that. But here's the key. If you let them buy that thing or purchase the appropriate things or get those volunteers or whatever, whatever your people need to make sure that they are equipped and prepared, make them use it. The worst thing you can do is buy somebody a shiny new toy and they never use it. Look, if we're going to buy this and as a leader, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to make sure you get it. I'm going to go to battle for you. We're going to buy that equipment. I'm going to buy that toy. I'm going to buy that thing. But you got to use this thing. Like I'm putting my neck out there. You need to make sure you do that, right? Ask them what they need. Make sure they have a list. But again, that's part of that action. So a leader must act. A leader must ask questions to find out what do you need? What resources do you need available to you? Do you not have a sword? I'll get you a sword, right? What is at your disposal? So for you... What does preparation look like for you? You have teams, you have people that are in your life. How do you equip them? Like my kids are getting ready to go back to school here in like a week or so. So there's a checklist. There's a school list to make sure we have that. Do you have the right clothes? Do you have, we have lunch bags. We, what do, do we have what we need? How do you equip people in your life that you lead to make sure they have the right things? And could there be anything missing? Maybe a different question is this, because as a leader, it's so easy to just hover over people. And say, you know, you're bad, I'm good, whatever. What do you do as a leader to make sure you're prepared to lead? Like I told you about my day today, it was a little rough, a little bumpy, a little. So I spent some time doing some different things. I texted a really good dude, uh, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes ago, just about stuff. A guy that encourages me. I, I sat in my beach chair, as you see me do before at the garage door up. I, you know, hung out with my wife and you can't. So you, you have to find ways that you prepare yourself as a leader to get yourself right. Okay, if you're not right, boy, it's going to be struggling. You're going to struggle. Let's read on. Uh, just as so, I love this part. Joshua starts talking to the Israelites, going, "Hey, we're going to go in and we're going to whoop them and we're going to take care of business." And their response is, "All that you have commanded us, we will do, and wherever you send us, we will go, just as we obeyed Moses in all things. So we will obey you." Notice here. Joshua doesn't respond to this. How obedient were the Israelites to Moses? They were exhausting. They were, you're going to lead people who are exhausting in your life. He led a nation that was exhausting. Only that may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. And then again down at the bottom, only be strong and courageous. Number three, a leader listens to his people. Leaders like to talk and talk 
and talk, right? Like I lead, I love to talk. Let me talk. I know the answers. I know where we're going. I know what we want to do. Even as a guy who is a natural introvert, when I'm in those situations, I'll talk it up and I will talk and talk and talk because you're a leader. That's what you do, right? Leader, leader. You know what the funny thing is about me talking? I always assume I'm right. Are you a leader? Like if you're leading and you lead people, do you assume that you're always right? Like I always assume I'm in touch with everybody on my team, the people I'm just, I just know, right? Have you ever been a follower of one of those leaders? You're like, you don't know. <laughs> if I could tell you, you don't know, right? Like, you know, like that person that didn't, that we didn't have a meeting for over a year and stuff. You're like, how, if, if, if the people around us knew that we weren't doing these things, but no, no, that's that we don't talk that way. Right. So as a leader, sometimes you're talking to cast a vision as a leader. Sometimes you're talking to clarify a purpose. Sometimes you're talking to make sure the right things are communicated in the right way. Uh, but then there's a time that you have to listen. As a leader, we have to listen, and sometimes we just need to let other people talk. Uh, this can be really tough. This can be really tough if you're a leader that doesn't listen well. Uh, you have to learn to do that and, and, and let them know that you're trying to learn to listen better. Because if you don't tell them that I'm trying to listen better, they're going to think you're being passive-aggressive. Like this dude is always talking all the time. And now in our meetings, he doesn't talk at all. Say, guys, I'm trying to do a better job of listening. We might hear stuff, but we don't always listen. You know, like I might have a conversation with my wife and I might hear her talking, but I'm not really listening to what she's saying. Like I hear her communicate things about our marriage, about our kids, about whatever. But all I'm thinking is solution, solution, solution. I'm just trying to be solution-based because the, the sooner we get to a solution, the sooner I can move on to something else. But we need to really listen. You read in the Old Testament, there was a lot of people who heard bad news, who heard things. They didn't act on it. Jacob is one of the prime examples. He heard about his daughter, Dinah, being raped. He didn't do anything about it. And when his sons were furious about it and they went and they went and, and, and circumcised all those guys and destroyed them and stuff, he, he heard about it, but he didn't really listen. He didn't listen to what they're saying. As leaders, we must learn to listen. Um, you might learn something from them that you didn't know. Look, I've been around a lot of different leaders. Some of them were really good. Some of them were not very good at all. Um, just because you're a leader doesn't mean you won't learn from somebody else. And if you ever got to that point where you can't learn from somebody else, you're in an incredibly dangerous place to be. Now, there comes a point where I get it. Your influence is different. Your perspective is different. Your experience is different. But God can use anybody at any time. Again, go back to the Bible. God used ravens to feed his prophets, right? God used a donkey to talk to. God will use whatever he needs to use to get his point across. He used a rock with water. He used quail. He used anything he wants to use to get people's attention, a dream, an Ethiopian eunuch. I mean, he used everything available to get their attention. He will use those people that you have been uh, awarded, that you have been blessed with to lead. He will certainly use them. So the question we have to ask ourselves tonight is this. How do you know that you really listen to your team? You might hear them talk at you, 
Um, again, you know, I, I was thinking about this today. You know, I have staff meetings. I've been a part of staff meetings. Some staff meetings I love. Some staff meetings I loathe. Staff meetings are not leadership development. And I don't think I that processed my brain for a long time. I'm like, oh, this is so mundane. We're just going through. We're just talking. It's not leadership development. Staff meetings or meetings in general are to exchange information. You may not always be excited about the information exchange, but you, you're there for a purpose. So... Do you really listen to your team? Do you really hear them? Have you learned any tips or best practices that's helped you be an effective leader? Man, if you're on the the broadcast right now, man, let us know. Like, have you learned any tips that help you be a better listener to your team? Have you have you asked them different questions? You know, a question, a couple questions I ask when we would meet with our staff, and they're like, "Oh man, here we go again." Is what are you reading God's Word and what's God teaching you? Because we need to be people who are in God's Word, and God is constantly working on us. So, again, let's just unpack this, man. Simply put, if you're a leader, you have to learn to act. You can't be a passive leader. It's not someone else's job to act. It is your job. You have to take responsibility to make sure your team has the right tools. you got to find out what they are, what do they need, and then once they get them, make sure they do something with them. Um, Know that you're not always right. As a leader, I'm not always right. I am responsible, but I'm not always right. So when things don't go well, I have to own that, right? And ultimately what we're trying to do is set our team and ourselves and people around us up for success. I want them to be better because they were a part of my team. Not to get better to make me look better, but to be better because there's a, there's a mission at hand here, right? And what you ultimately are after here is a team who will say, I will go the distance for that person, because they are showing that they're going the distance for me. Now, listen, just because you're leading someone and you're doing these things doesn't mean that you will automatically get a return on your investment. Sometimes you just don't get it, right? But ultimately, we're trying to lead a team towards a goal of the kind of team that we would like to have. Now, maybe you're a team member and you're not the leader. Be that person. Be the person that leads well. Be the person that always has your resource list and what you need next. Be the person who is acting and making sure that you're doing that. Because someday... God may call you to leadership, and if you're not practicing practicing it, you can't. It's not like skydiving; you can't just jump out of the plane and think, "Well, suddenly I'll be a great leader because I got that role and title." Um, no, that's that's how you fail to pull the parachute, right? <laughs> you need to learn to do it right now, right? And ultimately, man, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build an environment where we we build each other up. We ask these questions. That's why I ask these questions in these broadcasts, man. I want to I want to learn from you. I'm not always right. This pursuit of manliness is my pursuit, and I hope it's your pursuit as well. As we raise the standard on what it means to be a man of God, we get better together. Our teams benefit, our homes benefit, our churches benefit. Our churches need men to be men and lead really well. So again, with Pursuit of Manliness, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to equip you with tools, resources, podcasts, videos, whatever is available, we're trying to do that, man. I would love to engage with you. I want to keep this dialogue going. As I said, if you're listening to this live, you're watching the video, or you're on the rebroadcast, man, let me know. Let me know what you're getting from this, and I want to engage with you. But I'd love to invite you to be a part of our Facebook community. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash pursuit of manliness. That's where we get a lot of community. There's like 2,300 dudes there. They're good dudes. Like we have some really good men who really engage their tribe has been good for, for guys to develop a community there. Um, 30 and 30. There's just a lot of good opportunities that God is just, I believe God's just getting this thing started and we just want to get out of the way. Whatever he wants to do, 
I want to get out of the way, let him do it. God has placed incredible men in, in my life and with me and uh, who challenge me, and I hope that I challenge them. And we're just trying to get better, but I'm telling you some of the stories that are happening, especially in tribe, like we're going we're gonna to share those stories with you because men need to hear that because men that take that first step towards leadership, man, you are the one percenters. Because there's a large percentage of our men who won't even take that first step. But once you take that first step, you want to go all in. If God's allowed you to be a leader, lean into this stuff, right? Lean, engage with us. Get us better. We want to get you better and vice versa. You know, check us out Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's all at Pursue Manliness. Um, iTunes, go there, man. I'd love for you guys. Thank you to the dudes, the guys that have done that, who leave a review on iTunes, man. That I know that's a pain. Thank you for doing that. That, the more you do that, the more iTunes says, hey, this is something we should pay attention to. The more you guys comment on these live videos and thumbs up, fist bump, whatever, um, let me know where you're from. Facebook says, hey, we want to pay attention to what's going on here. And uh, the reason why we think that's important is because we want more men to raise the standard on what it means to be a man of God. So guys, thank you for listening to tonight's podcast. Thank you for watching this. Um, again, I'm going to jump on here after a little bit and engage with you guys that are on Facebook. Um, thank you. And uh, let's keep raising that standard, man. Let's keep building better men together. And let's make sure that we keep pursuing biblical manliness. All right, guys. I'll talk to you soon.